0: We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am here with my next guest. I'm so excited. We have Jessica Yellen here, who is the founder of News Not Noise, and I am so excited to hear more of her journey and more of her story. We both were chatting right before. She was at CNN as well. And as many of you know, I started my career way back in the 90s at, at CNN and uh, so many Ted Turner uh, stories as well. But definitely, Jessica was uh, a little higher level than than I was at CNN. Different. When, uh, <laughs> A a different role. But uh, Jessica was a former chief White House correspondent for CNN. Uh, She is a Peabody, Gracie and Emmy Award winning political journalist. And she is she really wanted to create a place where people could easily digest information, that they didn't have to sit there and uh, listen for, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And and she wanted a place where she could kind of give, I guess, the cliff notes um, for exactly what was really important to be learning. So she posted her first video on Instagram in 2018, another incredible story of starting online and uh, starting Um, starting small too and that really was the first piece before it became what it is today and she also has a book that I'm so excited to I honestly have not read it yet but Mm -hmm. after she was just sharing it with me uh, I'm really excited called Savage News a fictional novel which follows the main character Natalie Savage as she covers the White House news so Jessica so excited to have you here
1: Thank you so much for having me and for that fantastic introduction. Wow.
0: Yeah. So how often are you on this side of the, uh, uh, I feel like I have a, a lot to live up to here, actually. I mean, I have got to straighten up a little bit and and uh, you're so, you were- I I just admire when I've watched you in the past, I mean, what you've done. So it's super, super incredible.
1: That's so kind. And it's a mutual fangirl situation. I'm a huge fan of you and what you've accomplished and what you're putting out into the world now. So thank you thank for having you. me. Thank you. Thanks so much. So did you always know
0: that you were going to be uh uh, journalist um did that you would be working in the white house i mean did you know that you would be an entrepreneur uh all of these things i always ask like way back in the beginning were there any
1: inklings that that was going to be what jessica was going to be doing when I was very young, I wanted to be a novelist like Jackie Collins. I wanted to write uh, wild romance novels about powerful women who run companies. Uh, and then I wanted to be a fashion designer. Uh, I did not know that I would be a journalist. However, if you like I go back and I put it all together. My dad was an entrepreneur. My dad um valued enormously politics and civic culture. And uh, my family emphasized the importance of participating in society to improve Mm. it. So I really ended up, I thought by the time I was out of college or in college that I'd be a politician. um, And we can discuss why I decided, "Eh, maybe it's better to watch the politicians than work for them.
0: That's that's awesome. And so you uh, you started your first job. We were just talking about this in broadcast journalism.
1: My quick trajectory is I went from Orlando and I got a job in Tampa. In Tampa, I said I want to be the political reporter. And I ended up in Florida, the year 2000, Democratic headquarters in Tallahassee. The recount happened. So I covered the whole Florida recount. I got from there to MSNBC, where I worked overnights. So my big break into TV, you know, national news was working from 11 p.m. till 8 a.m. on MSNBC. And then I did that from New York for a year. And then I hopped over to ABC News where I worked the overnights on weekends and then Good Morning America on the weekdays. And at every opportunity, whenever I met with a news executive, I said, my goal is to be a White House correspondent. And they would say, well, that's cute, but you're covering the Jason Williams murder trial, or you're covering the man who axed his wife and kids to death in Utah for the next three weeks, whatever it was. And at every opportunity when I could, I'd say, I want to go to the White House. And they knew that. So there was one day when the White House correspondent for ABC got a promotion. She became the Good Morning America anchor in New York, and they had a sudden opening. And I got a phone call that said, don't get excited. That's how it opened. Don't get excited. Okay. We need somebody to fill in at the White House. The job is not yours. You're just filling in. Can you get to Washington? And I ended up, I went there for two weeks. Two weeks became two months. Two months became five months. Finally, they're like, you can stay. And then I was covering the White House. And I covered the second term of the Bush White House, George W. Bush. And once I was there, I jumped over to CNN and I in 2007. And I covered Obama and I covered Congress. And then I eventually covered the White House again.
0: What was the most surprising thing about covering the White House? I mean, being in that position, I mean, that is just such a, you know, it's just, it, it's gold, right? I mean, I don't know how else to describe it to so many people being able to do that. Like, what do you think was kind of the the hardest part about that?
1: Uh, one thing that's challenging is, first, I will say there are moments where you never lose the magic, right? Like any job becomes kind of like every day over time, right? I clock into the White House, I'm walking through the West Wing, you know, to the West Wing gate, you know, you go into the briefing room and it's just old hat after a while. But there are these moments in your day where you're called out to watch Air Force One land, get on Air Force One or watch it land and watch the helicopter land and Marine One. And all over again, you feel like this surge of patriotism. I I, I just, I don't know how else to describe it. So that always is kind of magic. And it also is a reminder that, you know, you're not there to do a, just a job, right? Like you're there because you're representing the people, in a way, the people, right? Sure. Like holding our leaders to account for the people. And that constant reminder is important. Um, I mean, I could tell you like- it's way less glamorous than anybody might think, you know, the, yeah, it's way like, I can't tell you how many days I ate entirely out of the snack machine Yeah, I or can... there's bomb threats and you go on lockdown for hours and you can't leave no matter what you're supposed to be doing in the world, you got to stay. So it's a crazy experience and very exciting.
0: Well, I think like the key thing that I would imagine is sometimes things come up and you didn't wake up in the morning thinking that that was... Uh, you know, what was going to happen, right? And, uh, and you've just got to adjust, which is, I think the key to being a great entrepreneur is that you've got to be able to think on your feet and uh, such great training for eventually what you would end up doing. So uh, in, 2018 you posted your first news not noise video to your Instagram page. How did you think about doing this? I mean, what this is
1: this is wild. <laughs> so, at the time I was I'd been working in the news for I guess 17 years at that point and I had this intuition, this experience that when I was out covering campaigns especially, I would interview swing voters who were often women. And they had a million questions about the news, and felt like the way we were telling the news didn't speak to them. They cared a lot, but they're like, I just don't care what one candidate is yelling at the other. I want to know who's going to make my healthcare costs go up, who's going to provide coverage for, you know, childcare. Like they wanted it told differently. They wanted, and they couldn't take the rage and negativity the yelling on the panels, the endless anger. And they're like, it just leaves me feeling so bad, panicked and anxious and confused. I don't engage. On the other hand, I go home back to DC and say, you know, can we tell the news differently for this audience? And I I couldn't get anybody to hear it, right? To buy in. That wasn't, it's not how it's done in the business. In the business, conflict sells. And so I kept trying to do differently. I couldn't find a foothold to do it differently When I left, I had this idea that there's got to be another way to tell information that leaves you feeling okay and informed and what's just the right venue to do it. And for a while, I struggled with where should I do it? How should I do it? And some of my friends were like, just put your face on Instagram or on your phone and start talking. I'm like, what do you mean? How would I do that? What am I going to say? And I was sitting at lunch with a friend of mine who had asked me why something's happening in Congress. And I explained it. And she's like, that, that you just explained to me in two minutes, the thing I totally don't get forever. Say that to your phone. And I decided to do it on Instagram because at the time there was no news on Instagram. It was a very friendly environment. Like there wasn't the toxicity of some other platforms and it was female focused. And I really thought the audience would be largely female. So I... Honestly, like it was like being back in Orlando where I was a one-man band. I took my phone. I went in my backyard. I talked to the phone about a story, and I posted it. And the few friends like that were watching at that time, I had a very small like, couple hundred people following, were so supportive and happy and encouraging. And they're like, that was amazing. Maybe next time you want to go indoors, it kind of looks like you're in a jungle. Like, <laughs> it was outdoors and surrounded by leaves. They're like, what are you doing? That's hysterical. That is so funny. So, and I took that video down. Everybody's like, can we see your first video? I was so embarrassed. I, I don't know where that is.
0: This episode of The Kara Golden Show is sponsored by Wix. We all know that first impressions are everything, and making sure that your brand's website looks and works terrific is so key. When I'm visiting a website, I want to see that the site looks great and is easy to use. A bad website can really hurt a business, so it's key to focus on making yours the best it can be. That's where Wix comes in. Wix is the leading drag-and-drop website creation platform. Use Wix and build that website you've been dreaming about easily and quickly. Wix is the do-it-yourself for websites Easily create a great website without the agency price tag and with no coding background required. Whether you are looking to create a website for your business, side hustle, or simply want to elevate your personal brand, Wix is the answer and can help you build the site that you will be proud of. Wix works great with all the tools you'll need to stand apart for SEO and payment solutions to boot. Want to get started? Head over to Wix.com and create your website today. That's Wix.com to join over 200 million people who already use Wix. Again, that is Wix.com. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined Too, Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. This episode of the Kara Golden Show is sponsored by FunJet Vacations. You know, one of my favorite feelings in the world is being on vacation and forgetting what day it is. That's when I know I've hit the optimal vacation mode. We're all hustling day in and day out. It's easy to keep plowing through, putting our vacations and break time on hold. But here's what I want to remind you all. After a crazy work year, it's time to stop and take the time now that you need and deserve and make some new memories. This is where FunJet Vacations comes in. It's your one-stop shop for all of your vacation needs, including the flights, hotels, transfers, and those fun excursions along the way. It's super fast and easy to book a FunJet vacation, too. You can pick from hundreds of destinations from the Caribbean, Mexico, Hawaii, Las Vegas, or Florida. And they've delivered friendly, reliable service for over 45 years, giving you the peace of mind you need to make your vacation with them. For a limited time, my listeners can use promo code FJ50 for $50 off your next FunJet vacation. Get more moments that are fun expected. Surprise yourself with where you could go at funjet.com or call your local travel advisor too. Again, get $50 off your next fun jet vacation when you use the promo code FJ50. Restrictions apply. So how has it evolved since those first videos? I mean, what what has kind of been the, the biggest thing, the biggest way that you've, you know, I hate to use the word pivot because it wasn't that there was anything wrong. It's just that you evolved,
1: right. right? Well, at first I was putting myself on camera every day and that's just too taxing. Like I can't mm-hmm. produce my own videos all the time, but I also, I realized what it takes to make a news, not noise story. Like there's a specific way of telling the story. There's a specific approach. Um, and there's understanding topic and framing, but what I started doing is learning to post in the grid, explainers on things that are kind of evergreen or very important always. I do stories that are on sort of more timely news. And then I make videos when there's really big stuff happening that you need someone to explain. And during the election and when COVID first broke, I was doing that every day, sometimes lives. And the goal was just to sort of say, hey, I know you're hearing this everywhere. Here's like the here are the facts we actually know. Here's what we don't know. Here's where you can get more information and and what we understand about what's coming next. Um, so it's not very, like, s- there's not a lot of speculation. There's not emotional language. It's very much just, like, the meat and the potatoes of the information so that you can go out and get more information on your own if you want, with a real understanding of the foundation of this story. That's awesome. So obviously, you you uh, had a good background to
0: be able to do this, but do you think that do you think your passion uh, for information and sort of learning uh, this over
1: time, what people really wanted, helped you to be able to launch uh, your network? Yeah. Totally. Like, I look at what you do and I was like, I, I need your skills. Like, how do you market to consumers? And what's the right... Like, I'm so shy about asking for money or selling things, you know? Like, those are the spaces where I'm not... But what I know and just intuit is how to get somebody from not understanding a thing to understanding it. And Mm -hmm. I find enormous satisfaction in being able to do that. Uh, And so, for example, when COVID broke, you know, I started covering COVID in December of 2019, right? Mm -hmm. There's this thing going around China. It's a thing. We're going to have to talk about it. And I did a story on COVID in February of 2020. And, you know, remember the country started lockdown in March, much So a month before, and I did a post saying, video saying, listen, this is a thing. It's going to come here. We have to pay attention to it. They're not being hysterical when they say this is important. Mm -hmm. And somebody messaged me in my audience. And one of the best things about what I do is I'm in conversation with the audience now, which never happened before, right? I'm sure you have this too, where you actually hear through social media, what are people's questions? Totally. So this woman messages me and she says, I'm a huge fan. I followed you from the beginning, but I'm very disappointed in you today. Well, I think it's your attention like that, right? Of course. I was like, "What's, what's okay? She said, I'm an American living in Italy and you need to understand what's happening here. You are underplaying COVID. You need to warn America what's coming. It will come there. It is serious. And then she started sending me video from their ICUs, which at the time looked like a war zone. They were rationing care. I mean, it was a horror film. She was sending me the daily death toll every night. She was leaving me voicemails about the horrors that were ravaging Italy. And I went on Instagram and I said, I told a little bit about this and I said, I hope I've earned your trust for the last year plus by giving you very calm news without exaggeration and without emotional excess so that when I say to you, there is a crisis coming, you believe me. Mm -hmm. And what I'm telling you is that there is a virus that is coming here that is going to change our lives and we need to take it seriously starting now. And that's the kind of thing. and, And I, you know, then I really started covering COVID and personally went into lockdown about a week before the rest of everybody. But the advantage to doing news in a calm way that builds, that doesn't trigger emotional reactions unnecessarily is that when something is that important, you have the trust to get people's attention and move everyone to action. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that's what part of what we've allowed to get eroded is because we dip into so much manipulation gratuitously, right? We ask people to expend their emotional energy when they don't need to, that when it's time for people's to really engage, it's a little like crying wolf. Nobody knows what's real. Mm-hmm. And so- Part of what I'm trying to do here is sort of differentiate between the mountains and the molehills real time.
0: That was one of the the big stories for you. I mean, that you were ahead of it. Do you think there's a, just a lot of conversation before people will bring that on to, you know, CNN or Fox News or whatever? Be, do you think you have that advantage to be able to make those decisions faster, right, in in order to
1: see what the response is to it? Yes, Absolutely. I mean, the best part of what I do is that I get to decide every day what counts as news. It's also the worst part of what I do because some days I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at those moments, I don't have to feel like people, you know, sometimes people will not like what I've reported or how I've said it. And I'm, you know, then you don't have to follow me. Like yeah. I'm coming to you from a point of view, which is You know, I've had this training. I know how to vet a story. I want to give you information that you can act on and that matters in your life. And you can like it or hate it. But when I make a decision, I'm going to move with it. And um, I definitely can be more nimble. uh, And, you know, I can take a risk. Like this might not rate that well, but my audience is committed to me so I can take that risk, right? Maybe at a major network, they don't want to drive on a story that's not going to rate well until they have to.
0: Definitely. So you've gone outside of Instagram. You're on uh, YouTube, and obviously uh, you you're taking it into podcasts. I mean, it's it's you've done uh, quite a bit. I, I you know I have to say I'm really when I was doing some research on uh, on news news not noise, I was really surprised that you started on Instagram because I think Instagram to so many people is not really about information. It's like, it's about pictures. It's about, I don't know, like it just it. it, And yet you got the traction there, which is, um, which is amazing. I mean, that's, that is, uh, pretty great. And do you see this as,
1: I mean, I, I don't, what, what lessons do you learn from that? So I, um, again, I picked Instagram because there was not, a lot of information there, you know, and I kind of thought this is a a more clean space to enter. Uh, I, you know, the bottom line in the media business is we have to find ways to reach an audience without algorithms interrupting us. And so for me, I think newsletters and podcasts right now are really important. And I have been really focused on building the newsletter audience and that's going really well. And also, as you mentioned, a podcast, the reason that's important is because there are days where you just see all of a sudden they turn it up, they turn it down on these social media platforms. All of a sudden you're like, you know, we have more than half a million obsessed followers, but only, what is it? 10% of them are fed the content on the platform at any given time. So... We have to find ways, especially in the information business, to reach an audience directly. And I also think it's important in this is part of what I do, too, to teach the audience that they have to get in the habit of paying for content they want, and especially when it's substantive journalism. So it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but you know, I'll get members of the audience saying to me, you posted an article from the New York Times, and there's a paywall can you give me a free article? And I'll say, you can Google this and find something similar, I'm sure for free, but you also, I'd encourage you to pay for your content. They're doing important work. And so part of, the, part of what I'm doing is like trying to do media literacy training real time and tell people who are not super engaged with the news, this, this is a value and important to us. So weird, long, winding way to say, I really think growth areas are places where we can reach an audience directly. Yeah, absolutely. So you wrote a
0: book called Savage News, uh, which I yeah. mentioned at the beginning. I'm super, super excited uh, to <laughs> to uh, pick up that. So was that based on you or what? Like, tell oh. me a little bit more about that.
1: So I, it's a story about a young, uh, driven and idealistic reporter who ends up covering a circus of a White House and has to figure out how to get real news through a crazy reality show universe on cable news. So she's pitted against the guy in her office competing for the same job. They're rated on their Q scores and their ratings. They're scored on their, you know, who's going to get the job is based on all the data and algorithms about their Q score and ratings. And wild and absurd things are happening in the White House. It's a satire. It is funny. It is sort of a beach read about a young woman at work. And I call it sort of, it's about reporting wild female. Um, so it's a light read about, you know, trying to get the job done at work when you're an ambitious woman. How did you decide to write a book? I always want, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, I wanted to be a novelist like uh, Jackie Collins or Judith Krantz. So I always thought I'd do it. And then when I left CNN, I thought, well, I'm writing this novel and it's going to be like effortless because I've always wanted to do it. And then I sat down and I ended up writing out like endless series of vignettes But I, you know, you had to figure out how do you actually make it a plot and a storyline? So I threw myself into learning what it is to build the structure of a novel. And I did that for... A good two years, you know, where I got some downtime and decompressed and, and wrote that. It was so much fun. I love it. And I feel very emotionally connected to the main character, Natalie Savage, who struggles with her hair like I do. Oh, that's I love it. Uh, you, you and me both. So for sure,
0: whenever I, when, when I could start wearing my hair in a ponytail, I, I, uh, I ended up doing that a lot more, I think, these days, so... <laughs> For sure. So, well, thank you so much, Jessica. This has been so fun to hear a lot more about your journey. And uh, obviously, people can go to on Instagram, Jessica Yellen, right? Is that the best place uh, to find it? And where do people get connected
1: to your newsletter as well that you mentioned? You can find the newsletter uh, at newsnotnoise.bulletin.com, but you can also Google newsnotnoise at bulletin. It's a newsletter platform and the News Not Noise podcast. And we have a channel on YouTube, as you mentioned. And you can find me on Twitter at Jessica Yellen. That's awesome.
0: So, so great. Well, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We are here every Monday and Wednesday. With the Kara Golden show. And if uh, you would, please subscribe to this podcast, give uh, this episode five stars on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite platform. And you can also follow me on all social channels at Kara Golden with an I. And finally, if you haven't picked up a copy of my book, Undaunted, uh, please do. It talks about the uh, journey that I've been through and building my company, hint and more. And of course, pick up a case of hint or a bottle of hint in local stores Uh, can't even believe I started this company uh, almost 17 years ago. Now it's, it's absolutely crazy. So anyway, thanks everybody. Goodbye for now. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness.